Hello, friend. Welcome back to Meg Living Inside Out. This is episode 15 of our series on friendship, the importance of asking for help. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 45. Asking for help is hard. Um, there's a couple of reasons why it's hard, probably more than a couple. Um, I'll tell you the first reason for me growing up, whenever I asked for help, I would end up being told how to do what it was that I wanted to do. I wasn't given the autonomy to have the creative control that I wanted. So I learned, unfortunately, uh, that asking for help meant that I was going to be controlled and my poor coworkers had to tell me regularly. Coworkers at multiple jobs told me, Meg, we need you to ask for help. <laughs> oh, man. So, first of all, asking for help is hard. And your concern is valid. I'm very proud of you for listening to this podcast episode. Like, God, terrifying. Um... Oh gosh, all the directions we could go. My goodness. Uh, first of all, if you don't ask for help and you are trying to join into a community, you don't look strong. You look guarded. There is a difference. You are not relatable. You are inaccessible. Um if you never show your weakness, if you're never vulnerable, you're missing out on one of the most incredible experiences of living in a trusting, healthy community. Now, to be fair, maybe you haven't found a trustworthy community to be vulnerable in, but give yourself some time and maybe God will show you and bring you into that place. He wants you to have friends. This is something that is a principle in his word. Read the book of Proverbs. He wants you to have friends. And it's not so much if we have friends, it's who our friends are. So, with that in mind, let's talk about one of the other hard things about asking for help. What do we ask for help with? Like, there's a big difference between asking your neighbor, hey, can I borrow a cup of sugar or an egg? Versus asking your neighbor, hey, can you give me a car? That's a really big scale. Now, your neighbor might be in a position to give you a car. That has happened within the body of believers. And praise God for it. However, how do we know what to ask for? Well... The first thing is to start small and go over and ask for an egg or a cup of sugar, even if you don't need it necessarily. I went to my neighbor's house and asked for some sugar and they gave me some right as we moved into this house that we're now living in. And I'm so glad that I did because it was a positive interaction that later allowed me to have a fruitful acquaintanceship with the person next door. Now, they were a renter, they've moved on, it's no longer stayed. Um, but I walked their dogs for a little bit, and having that positive interaction at the beginning of our 
meeting each other allowed me to have a fruitful conversation about their dogs which were getting into our yard because they were very cute puppies and they were not disciplined and he eventually gave the puppies away because he realized that he could not take care of them well which was maturity on his part and um you know those conversations had a tone of hey I'm your friend I'm your neighbor I care about you and your dogs are in my yard and it took the edge off you know the first conversation was not a confrontation. Uh, we'll be talking about confrontation next week. Stay tuned. And it's literally called A Beginner's Guide to Confrontation. So you're in, hopefully, you're in safe hands. Very elemental basics. Very excited about that podcast. So asking for help, even if it's just something small, can get the conversation going. Number two, asking for something small gives them the opportunity to ask you for something small. And then you get the opportunity to reciprocate. And then you have the opportunity, if both of you have asked the other person for help, to create a positive spiral, an upward spiral of reciprocation. And a a backward, forth, you know, hey, I'm here for you. Hey, you got my back. Thank you for being there for me. Um... Now, our new neighbors, I think I've asked them for help a little bit too much, so I'm going to try to err on the side of being available. But, um, you know, God, God has been good, and, and thankfully they're, they've been pretty gracious with us. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, but there was one month where we, <laughs> I called them a couple times, and uh, <laughs> I felt like I was leaning a little bit too hard. So I've since backed off, um, but I also make sure to... Um, reply to text as soon as I can. Hey, what do you know about the sewage line? A lot about the sewage line, actually. Uh, we we have something that unites us, and that is our sewage line. <laughs> um, but I'm so thankful that you know helping people is a powerful way to build relationships. Specifically, when you ask someone else to help you, they invest in you emotionally by helping you. They care about you. They want to see you succeed. And it's a very interesting dynamic that that exists. Like that just, that just blows my mind. Um, but it's true. Now it does have a bit of a negative twist. And one of the things that I've found is when we care about someone a lot, because we've invested a lot in them emotionally, sometimes we want to control them. Because we want to control our emotional vestment that we've placed on them. And that is very difficult and expensive to do in a way, to give in a way, and invest in a way where we also let people make mistakes. Um, And that ties into what I was saying at the beginning where I didn't want to ask for help because I didn't want to be controlled. But I was being controlled because the other person was afraid because they cared about me so much that they wanted me everything to turn out right and they didn't trust me to let me have safe places to fail safe places to learn and grow and thankfully I have learned and grown and um my my mother specifically is the person I'm referencing in this relationship that I learned this from and I'm so thankful to God that our relationship has had a incredible reset 
Um, there was a season for a year and a half where I had her number blocked because I needed to process my anger towards her. And I ended up writing her a letter of confrontation. This was, like I said, confrontation is next week. Um, I ended up writing her a letter and we slowly began to rebuild our friendship and I actually asked her for a piece of her music because I it's one of my favorite songs. She wrote it in 2002 and I wanted to learn how to play it on the piano. And that ask led to me playing it and then sending her the video. And slowly God began to give me affection again for my mother. And over the course of the past five years, our relationship has reset to the point where I don't even remember that season of being so angry that I wanted to hurt her. I literally don't even remember. Like, I remember it factually. Like, I remember that it happened. But I don't remember the emotions because we have so thoroughly reconciled and we have both changed. We've both grown a lot from that season. So, um, asking for help and you know, people investing in other people emotionally is a very complicated, well, it's not complicated, but it's, it's a weighty thing. And it's hard. And it makes me sad that this dynamic of wanting to control our emotional investment in other people is a thing. Um, but it is, and it's a very dark side to a lot of unhealthy, toxic relationships. With that said, I want to wrap up by talking about what this dynamic looks like when it is expanded into a greater um, culture and group of people. So within our church, there are people that we recognize that are givers and people who are matchers and different ways that different people give and how we help each other. And we start to know what resources other people have and we learned to depend on those and we learned to reciprocate with resources that are meaningful for them. So one lady has a gift of sewing and she loves making quilts for people and giving them away. Um, another family has a really large porch with a big TV and we watch, you know, we watch games on there. We watch documentaries with them and we have meaningful discussions, um, we have porches where, you know, people share nice alcoholic beverages and, um, you know, just enjoyable things of that nature, you know, if that's your cup of tea. Um, and so we have different ways that we give to the body. And within the body of Christ, you know, I'm part of a small church and I love that because you really get to know the people around you. And with that, you get to know people's reputation. And when you develop, you personally develop a reputation of, I have this resource to give and I need this resource. That's a good thing. And, and that is what was happening in this verse in Acts chapter 2. Now, my husband and I have been listening to Ron Nash and we really enjoy listening to him. And he will very quickly tell you, as will I, that this verse is not an endorsement for communism or socialism. The main thing is that this is all voluntary. This is me 
not being forced by a government to be generous with you, which is, I mean, imagine kids on a playground. Yes, you must share your toy with Johnny, and then Johnny breaks your toy. And then we have underlying resentment between you and Johnny because we didn't have healthy boundaries. Like, so much of our playground dynamics are communistic, and that is just not cool, and that's a completely different podcast episode. But let me say this. Giving needs to be something that happens that originates between you and the Lord. And the Lord says he loves a cheerful giver. Now, there are times when we are to give out of obedience, even if we don't feel like it. But there are also times where if you don't feel cheerful about giving, don't do it. Rest up. Manage your resources. You know, maybe you need a Sabbath and maybe you need a break from investing other people. Um... I have a very dear friend of mine who's done a lot of mentoring, a lot of small group leading, and she is taking a break from all of that. She is drawing, um, she's rebuilding her emotional stockpile, her emotional resources, and um, she is praying and asking God to bring her new friendships into her life that'll be more um, reciprocal and deeper, and that is a very appropriate thing to ask God for. One of the dynamics that really keeps a society healthy is having givers and matchers. And I love how Adam Grant has talked about this in his TED Talk, and I will link it in the description. It's a fantastic, short, sweet TED Talk and something that's really important to think about, and I would encourage you to listen in. If this podcast has given you something to think about, something you need to work through and process, I would encourage you to visit the link in the description, inversedream.com slash podcast slash friendship. There will be a web form there that will connect you with a digital mentor who wants to help and encourage you in your walk with Christ. This is not a professional counselor, simply a Christian who wants to encourage you. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Meg. I love my Jesus, and I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Go and live it.